questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. We are living through a, an attempt by sadistic psychopaths to reprogram society through trauma, fear, and propaganda. For those who understand what is being done, it is distressing on a different level to those naive to the power of the wicked. They are erasing our history to promote a lie. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy, MMS, CBD pure hemp oil, Divinia water, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Fabregas. Tonight's special guest is Michael Tellinger, a veteran of this program. Michael is a scientist in the true sense of the word, never shying away from controversial issues and scrutinizing every clue meticulously. He approaches everything from a scientific perspective and is not afraid to discuss anything and everything. For over three decades, Michael has had a long obsession with the origins of humankind and the genetic anomalies of our species and has authored many books. His websites are michaeltillinger.com and onesmalltown.org. Michael joins us from South Africa. Hello, Michael, and welcome back. How are you? I'm fantastic. Lovely to hear your voice, Mal, and always good to speak to you. Always a pleasure to have my brother in truth here. Michael, I've been following a lot of what you've been saying lately. And as I mentioned before we began, as much as I want to believe this, and I want you to convince me that this is true, because for years I've been saying that the biggest, biggest hydra, the head of the hydra, is the central banking system, especially the Federal Reserve in the United States. Recently, everybody heard that the Federal Reserve was merged into the U.S. Treasury. And you, your position is that this is true, even though Jerome Powell still appears as the Federal Reserve Chairman. So why don't you enlighten us and tell us what's really going on? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Mal. It's it's really uh, a, a fascinating subject, this, and it's a really important subject. In fact, it's probably the most critical subject for us to di- dissect and get to the bottom of if we try to understand why the world is so screwed up and why there's so much hatred and venomous attack on Donald Trump at the moment. And it's very obvious. Just you know, open any mainstream news channel, YouTube channel, TV station, newspaper. Uh, it's just a nonstop avalanche of venomous, uh, unbelievable attacks on Donald Trump. Uh, I've never seen anything like this. And especially from outside of the USA, uh, it is very obvious uh, when you start looking at what's going on. Um, I trust that the the people in the USA probably have a slightly more difficult time to find uh, neutral media 
that is not completely and utterly controlled or taken over. Um, but the for those in the know, and many of your listeners will obviously be well informed and educated in this. The the entire world is controlled by by the those who control the the creation and the distribution of money, and generally that is the Rothschild banking empire with all their cronies, their banking families, the Rockefellers, the Morgans, and so forth, with their royal bloodline alliances that go back not just hundreds, but actually thousands of years. And if you want, we can get into that. Um, but first, let's, let's, let's discuss this thing about the Federal Reserve Bank. Now, the, the USA is the largest economy in the world, and, um, and therefore the, the central bank, the Federal Reserve Bank of the USA, is the most powerful central bank controlled and owned by the Rothschild banking empire. And this is a very important thing for people to comprehend. Most people can't wrap their head around this because most people have of the impression that the central banks in the countries belong to the government, that the government is in control of the central banks somehow. And that is a it's an obvious thing that, you know, I always believed that before I woke up and I realized and I, I researched this and I started to write about this in, in the in the early 2000s. Um, when, I, when people realize that all the central banks of every country in the world, with the exception of China and Russia and one or two others, like North Korea and, and one or two others, um, all the central banks are controlled and owned by the Rothschild banking empire. They are not property or they do not belong in any way, shape or form to the government or the leadership or, or the people of, of the countries. And as, um, as the ex head of the fed, now his name escapes me, um, um, several years ago, several decades ago in the, in the eighties sometime, I think he Greenspan. was being interviewed. Greenspan, yes, yeah. Greenspan, and um, and when when he was asked a question, you know, what is the relationship between the United States, the presidents, and the the central bank, he said, well, you know, that the the central bank. Um, it, oh, first of all, he says we've always had a good relationship with all the presidents. Of course, they have because they control the presidents, but people don't realize it until they realize the big scam and how it's all been set up to look like. The banks are there for us, but they actually control us. So he said, well, we've always had a good relationship with all the presidents, but people need to uh, understand that the central bank is uh, operates outside of the jurisdiction of the United States. Now, people, millions and millions of people have seen that interview, but very few people realize what that means. That means exactly what he says. And that applies to every central bank in the world. That is a Rothschild-owned central bank. They operate outside of the jurisdiction of their countries, which means the government has no control over them. They seem to, they, they appear to have control over them uh, by, you know, the way they write and the media that is owned by the same Rothschild uh, banking empire or the mainstream media is owned by the same, uh, you know, thugs and the, the largest organized crime syndicate in the world. And that's what I call the banking empire, by the way, the largest organized crime syndicate in the world. And we can unpack that a bit as well for people to understand why they, why I can say that and why many people have come to realize that that's actually the case. So, the, the governments have no control over over the central banks, and and they have very cleverly over 
250 years now since the Rothschild banking empire first came into existence in the 1760s uh, when Meyer Amschel Rothschild sent his sons into Europe and they set up their first five big central banks in the five major cities of Europe. And over the next hundred years, they literally took control of global banking and took control of all the countries. And the more power they got, the more powerful they became uh, in their influence through large corporations and governments. And they started to place their puppets as their so-called appointed leaders in all the countries around the world. So it it didn't take too long, 100 years or so, for them to take control of the whole world. And by 1913, when they uh, launched the, the Federal Reserve System of the USA on Jekyll Island, that was their big final um, achievement when they literally um, locked up the entire world and took control of every country. And so through the financial control, um, as you know, one of the Rothschild brothers said at one stage, you know, I don't care who rules the country. Give me the control of the money and, and I don't care who rules the country. We will rule and run that country. And it's exactly what they do. So by putting in their puppets into government, uh, they then control those puppets and they look like they have been appointed by the people, but it's nothing like that. They've just they've just been placed there because the elections are are manipulated. Um, and again, th- this this you know I keep digressing, but this begs the question: How is it possible that Donald Trump got elected when they control the outcome, control the media, control the the election process, and everything? And and there's a lot to be said about that: How that actually was possible? So so nobody ever has uh, has a go at the central bank. And when because because the 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 presidents and the leaders and prime ministers of each country is just a puppet of the Rothschild banking empire. So they perform their task very nicely and then when they've done served their term they exit and a new puppet enters and they keep promoting uh, and and running with the scam. And this is why things never get better uh, because no one um, ever has a go or tries to undermine the central bank. There have been presidents and leaders in the past that figured out the scam. And I mentioned them in the video that I put out from Andrew Jackson, uh, from uh, Abraham Lincoln, um, to JFK, obviously, to even Adolf Hitler. You know, uh, we're not going to go down that road because that brings up a whole lot of negative connotations. But even Adolf Hitler beat the bankers at their own game. And this is why they hated him so much in Central Europe. Um, South African prime minister, just three years after JFK was assassinated, Hendrik Voort, South African prime minister. It's very well known in, in, in various circles here that he was about to, to shut down the South African Reserve Bank and, and bring it into the government and replace it with what would be called a people's bank. Now, keep in mind that in 1966, when this happened, um, South Africa was 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 said to be the most prosperous country in the world. And if if Hendrik Verwoerd, prime minister, would have done that, he, South Africa literally would have run and controlled the world with all our mineral sources, the wealth, the gold, the platinum, the uranium, the the, the copper, the nickel, everything. You know. So they did exactly what they did to JFK in 1963 when he issued the United States notes. And and uh, they just kill, murder, um, remove any president or leader that tries to undermine their supremacy. And once people realize this, once this penny drops and you realize, oh, my God, we are completely and utterly controlled through this Rothschild banking empire – 
And this is why you will see many of my tweets and my Facebook messages always refer to the Rothschild banking empire as the guys that run the world and all our governments. And uh, they are the largest organized crime syndicate in the world. And, um, and once people realize that this is going on, they start to understand what is happening in the USA and why the critical elections that are coming up in the USA are not, a, it's not about the USA. It's about attaining the freedom for the entire world. Because sometime around March uh, 2020, towards the end of March, uh, what Donald Trump did was the, the final masterstroke to literally neutralize the Rothschilds in the USA. And um, he didn't go out and he didn't you know, write stories and tweets and make speeches about how evil the Rothschilds are and how evil the central bank is. And because if he had started to do that, the mainstream media would have crucified him. They would have crucified him. They would have attacked him on every possible level. They would have ripped him apart and they would have turned him into a conspiracy theorist. So he couldn't do that. What he did instead, very quietly, without any fanfare or any major noise, he just quietly did what any president could do if he or she chooses to do so. He just brought the Federal Reserve Bank into the United States Treasury. It it's nothing. It's it's it's. Remember, the Federal Reserve Bank, the Rothschild Empire, don't have an army, so they can't send an army in there to defend themselves. And the way they've done this before was they've used the military might of the United States as their biggest central bank, the most powerful country, the most powerful military. So they would use the ignorant and naive United States young men that they told they were fighting, you know, they were patriotic, they, they raised their whole patriotic belief and all that. And, and, and the guys rightfully believe that they're going in some way to fight a righteous war against an invisible enemy and horrible, despicable people somewhere. Well, when the truth really is that they're just sent using the, the, the young soldiers of the United States military to go and overthrow a leader or a president of a country who does not want to play ball with the Rothschild banking system in that country and has probably taken over or is about to take over the central bank so that that country is independent from the Rothschilds. And so in the past, they've always used the United States to do that. And now suddenly, Donald Trump has prevented them from doing that. He has just annexed or confiscated or, or taken back the right to print the money from this independent a company called the Federal Reserve Bank and the Rothschild ownership and brought it into the into the Treasury Department of the United States. Now, there have been several mainstream articles, CBS, uh, NBC, Bloomberg, several articles. I can't say many. Well, there probably were many, but I picked up at least half a dozen mainstream articles that talk about exactly this thing that the Federal Reserve Bank has been brought into the Treasury Department of the United States. Now, now, that doesn't mean that the Fed ceases to exist or stops to operate the way it operates. Nothing has changed. The only thing that has changed is that the Treasury Department, of whom Trump is the head through the Secretary of the Treasury, uh, can now decide uh, what they're going to 
pay and how they're going to pay. And Trump is no fool. He knows how the financial markets work, probably better than most people in the world. He understands the trickery, the, the crookery and the deceit that's been going on. So very quietly, he brought them into the into the treasury. And then he started to set up all these financial structures, the financial papers, all the different bills of exchange and negotiable instruments and bonds that they create. It's all just BS. It's all absolute and utter nonsense and crap that's been set up over the last 250 years, laws, legislations to to and 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 financial um, laws and etc. to make it seem very complicated and not just seem to make it very complicated. So ordinary people like you and I, most people have no idea how the money system and financial systems work, how the banks work, how the central banks work, what the relationship is, who controls who, how do the Rothschilds come in? It is a very complex and complicated, bloody swamp of. Just lies, deceit, and laws that protect themselves. And those laws just get stricter and stricter every year to protect their global financial empire so nobody can penetrate it and bring them down. Well, Trump did that with one fell swoop. And now he's in control of the biggest central bank on earth. This is why he is able to just keep printing more money and distributing more money. Literally, look at what he's done here. He is actually pre- he is placing the burden of debt onto the Rothschilds because <laughs> he is now making the central bank of the USA carry the debt on behalf of the people and not the other way. Normally, the other way, the people borrow money and the country borrows money from a central bank and then we have to pay it back with interest to the central banks and the Rothschilds own all that. Now he's done the opposite. It's it's a spectacular, unbelievably brilliant masterstroke. And what he has done, he has opened the door to every other president and every other leader of the world to do the same. Because when they do this, there is no, going to be no United States military or United States army or the UK, by the way, British army or French, whoever they might use and have used in the past, but it's always the United States as the number one. They're not going to come flying in and attack your country and invade your country because the U.S. military is now controlled by the same president that has taken control of the Federal Reserve Bank. It is absolutely brilliant. And people can't believe it. There's been no mainstream talk about the, the effect or the consequences or what is the final endgame plan by Trump by bringing the 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 Federal Reserve Bank into the Treasury. They haven't figured it out. Well, they may have figured it out, but they're certainly not writing about it. I'm sure there's no doubt in my mind that the people at the top levels of the stock markets, of the banks in the USA and so forth, know exactly what's going on. But they cannot say a word about it because if that got out, that would then basically blow the lid of the fact that the central bank has always been a private company, has always extorted the people and extorted the governments and extorted the presidents and used the people as their slaves, 
for 250 years. In fact, it goes back thousands of years. Just the, the Rothschilds modernized that a thousand years, thousands of years old practice of the, the, the banking industry and, and creating promissory notes and, and bills of exchange and checks and negotiable instruments. That goes back thousands of years. The, the, the Rothschilds just modernized it and turned it into what is now known as the modern banking system in the world today. So when people are confused by this or they can't believe it, believe it. That's exactly what's going on. And this is why. The mainstream media, who are, most of them are owned by the same Rothschild uh, corporations, all you know, different companies that they got set up all over the world, and they're all owned by these big, uh, gigantic multinational corporations. And this media is basically the watchdog and the terriers, the bull terriers that go after whoever they decide to go after, and they will destroy you. Uh, and you know what's happening in the USA today? It is quite spectacular. Let's dissect this more because this warrants more analysis. I'm looking at the U.S. national debt. Anybody can look at it, folks. You can go to usdebtclock.org and look at it. Right now, it's $26.5 trillion. I said a couple of years ago, I said, if this goes beyond $21 trillion, this is the point of no return. It would only make sense that if it was merged into the U.S. Treasury, and as you said, that it is us now printing We've always printed the money, but we borrowed it from ourselves. My question is, these, say, $6 trillion since COVID pandemic started, these $6 trillion, are we paying interest at all? Or is this just us borrowing money ourselves, creating inflation, which is necessary? But then what is the Federal Reserve uh, why are they still around? Because I remember my conversations with G. Edward Griffin, with Andy Goss, discussing all of this. And what Andy Goss suggested was have the president send the Marines and take over the Federal Reserve. But what you're saying is that this was done in a stealthy fashion without raising any alarms, right? Yeah. If he had sent in the Marines, that would have turned uh, Donald Trump enemy of the people. Because they would have the, the mainstream media would have twisted it and made him look like a uh, like a tyrant, like a dictator. He couldn't do that. That just wasn't. There was never an option. Um, so the way he did it was absolutely. It was a masterstroke of of genius proportion. There, there is you know think about what poor poor JFK. I mean the poor guy tried to do it. He tried to to take the printing of the money away from the Fed, and he sort of succeeded. He printed some $4 billion, uh, and, and you know, very shortly after that, they shot him, and then it went straight back, and the, and the Fed started to print the money again, or took control of the printing of the money. Uh, and and so it, it, this is a – it is such a, a incredibly interwoven, complex um a legal financial quagmire it's just spectacular how complex it is very few people understand it on from the outside it's very simple a bunch of guys have taken control of the right to print and create money out of thin air out of nothing they have nothing and they created they've taken control of that right and taken that control by implementing their own puppet masters as leaders of countries that's it. It's that simple. 
and they, you know, they threaten them, they bribe them, they they torture them, they abduct their families, they threaten them, they do whatever they need to do. You know, I'm sure you're aware of confessions of a of an economic hitman. There's a great example yeah. of of what they do. John Parkinson's incredible book. So this is nothing new, except now Donald Trump has shoved a a, a, a spanner in the wheel there, and he has really disturbed that entire. Uh, United States financial system, um, and what I find interesting is, is you know, his his whole connection to Larry Fink. I'm still not sure what role Rally, Rally, Larry Fink is going to play or is already playing, but uh, that'll come out. You know, after November, uh, hopefully, when Trump does get reelected. If not, then the world is pretty much doomed. That means the the Zionist, Bolshevik, Marxist infiltrators have very successfully invaded the USA and taken control of it, like they have done to every other country of the world. So it has taken, you know, 100 years, but they've done it now. If they win, if Trump loses, then that means they've successfully done that 100 years after they did that to to Russia. (laughs) Stay, stay, Stay with Larry Fink for a moment, Lawrence Fink, the CEO of BlackRock. What does BlackRock have to do with this merger into the U.S. Treasury by the Federal Reserve? Well, uh, it, it, from from the reports that I read was that uh, Larry Fink was appointed by Donald Trump as the advisor or the manager or some managerial role to manage the affairs of the central bank, of the Fed. That's you know, Again, they're not going to go into detail. This is just – these are just scanned little – one one or two lines here, a short little paragraph somewhere, but they don't go into detail. But if you know how the global financial systems work, who's in control, how it's run, how the the the, the Rothschild um, city of you know, the central banking system that is operated from the city of London, uh, in 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 London town, um, that square mile where all the you know the, the the banking institutions are, that's where they control the financial markets, all the stock markets, everything is controlled from the city of London. So uh, and then obviously the 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 Basel, Switzerland, that's where the 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 Bank for International Settlements sits in Basel, Switzerland. And keep in mind that Switzerland has always remained a neutral country. They've never been involved in any wars, except obviously the the the, the Knights Templar <laughs> when they were when they were causing havoc throughout Europe. Uh, and and interesting that that the Swiss bank, uh, the Swiss flag is is pretty much a Knights Templar flag. It's retained it for all those thousands of years, or more than a thousand years now. And uh, so. Uh, um, so the, the 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 Rothschild Empire is is run in a very uh, controlled manner with with uh, you know putting powers and control into different sectors and from from Basel Switzerland that from the BIS the Bank for International Settlements that's where they control all the individual central banks of all the countries. Now what I can tell you is that China and Russia are not controlled by the BIS. They, China is completely, they do their own thing. They they don't send reports. They just, they might send a report when they choose to uh, for their annual reports and so forth. Uh, Russia, the same. But pretty much all other countries are blackmailed and they, they held accountable. And they, are, they sent penalties if they don't 
play ball and they don't abide by the rules and regulations of their central bank. It's a private company. It's just a spectacular deception that most people are not aware of. And this is why when Trump does something like he's done, taking control of the Fed, it's very difficult for majority, by far, the largest majority of people to comprehend this. Even people that think they understand finances and banking and, and this, just because you work in the finance industry on the stock market or you work in a bank or of your research this, unless you have a really, really clear and a deep comprehension of the 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 corruptness of this of the system uh you're not going to realize what's going on by the way what do you think happened to BRICS, the the coin basket brazil russia india china and la lastly south africa and i know that goldman sachs quietly closed down their BRICS fund after they lost 88% of that value but you remember how everybody thought oh they're going to take over the world and all of a sudden, yeah. quiet. They went away. What happened? Yeah, yeah well, it's, uh, I don't know. It was just some sort of a diversion tactic, I think. It was a, some sort of a clever diversion tactic where uh, the Rothschilds were probably trying to engage China in a way that would lock China into some of the other global empire control and uh, and would bring them closer to manipulating and controlling China. That's probably my best answer I can give you right now. And it, it sort of backfired. It didn't work. There's still some talk about it. But as far as I know, it's it's a non-entity. You know, I'm, I'm, we're sitting in South Africa. We're probably one of the most controlled countries in the world because of our, our government as a complete sellout to the Rothschilds. Uh, you know, unfortunately, as, as much as Nelson Mandela carries a, a very emotional stigma because he brought, you know, brought South Africa out of apartheid and all that. Uh, unfortunately, he sold us to the Rothschilds. He could have changed it completely. He could have completed what Hendrik Favut wanted to complete in 1966 and removed us from the Rothschild empire. Because keep in mind, South Africa was completely independent. We weren't, we didn't need anything. We were manufacturing everything, our own fuel, our own cars. We're manufacturing it. We are completely independent. We were exporting food to the whole world. We're the food basket of, of, of Africa. And the moment the ANC took over and Nelson Mandela sold us to the Rothschilds, everything started to reverse and slide downhill. Everything was destroyed. All these these incredible things that were put into place, obviously they were put into place during the apartheid period, but it worked. All they had to do is take what was working and just make it work for, for all the people. But they didn't. They, they broke everything down, ripped the country apart. And gave it to the the puppets in the ANC government, and um, and that just became a, a, a like a looting spree where the for you know 20 years now, 25 years we've had the ANC government, and uh, and we've gone backwards from when we were 25 years ago, B miles and miles, you know, like we've we've <laughs> we've lost so much, it's crazy. So we're 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 completely controlled and. Um, you know, during this lockdown period, it's just crazy uh, how they've completely emancipated uh, and uh, and what's the right word? Emaciated uh, uh, or neutralized the people. I'm getting confused my, with my uh, words there. Uh, where they completely neutralized and demoralized the people uh, into complete subservient puppets and and pawns that are just too scared to even raise their voice because a lot of the people are very poor. You know, we have probably 50% unemployment in South Africa right now. It is not a good state. 
and and I've been sharing information um, with the with the South African population and the president as well. Obviously, he's the biggest puppet of, of the Rothschilds, um, that he can do what President Trump did. Just bring in the South African Reserve Bank, which is one of the most powerful central banks on earth. Keep in mind all the minerals, the gold, the diamond, the platinum, the, the copper, everything. is just we're such an incredibly rich country. All of that is stolen by the Rothschilds through our central bank, the South African Reserve Bank. So, you know, I've been sharing this information with Cyril Ramaphosa, our president, saying, do what Donald Trump did. Just bring the central bank into the treasury and start creating these bonds and put the debt on the Rothschilds. <laughs> but, you know, it's obviously uh, it's obviously landing on, on deaf ears because they are doing exactly what they told by the Rothschilds through the World Health Organization and the Gates Foundation, which is very big in Africa, as you may or may not know. So it's it's a very sad state of affairs, what's happening to Africa. But at the same time, it is some of the fiercest resistance against this have, have, has come from some African countries like Tanzania, where the president, you know, figured out that the the COVID tests were actually faulty, yeah. that they were pre-infected uh, when they tested on the pawpaw and a, and a goat, and it came back positive. Um, and now he's banned the wearing of masks. The president of Tanzania, that's more than a month ago already. Um, he's banned the wearing of masks. Um, and and Madagascar, Madagascar has has resisted the World Health Organization. They've come up with their own. Um, uh, natural herbal remedy for COVID. So, and and there are other countries as well that are resisting this. But uh, unfortunately, most of African leaders have been very well controlled and maintained puppets of the Rothschilds. I don't know if this is happening in South Africa too, but here in the United States, in the past few weeks, there's a shortage of coin. They call it a consequence of the pandemic. I mean, there's so many, quote-unquote, consequences of the pandemic. The children are going back to school. Uh, they would have to be in almost like concentration camps, you know, separated. Uh, there's a lot of pushback about that. Parents saying, if my kid doesn't go back to school, I want the money that I give the government through property taxes come back to me. So there's a lot of things, very fluid situation here. But this situation with coin, do you think this is an effort to bring a, I don't want to say cryptocurrency, but digital currency to finally get rid of cash so they can track every single transaction for us? Yeah, I would say that there's definitely an agenda going on there. And you can see it in some countries around the world already. Like when I was in Sweden last year, um, uh, or two years ago now, already then in Sweden, there were some shops and, and big stores that were not taking cash. They were just taking card payments. And I realized, oh, my God, there we go. We're, we're, we're now being forced into a cashless society. And that's a big, big problem. Because the moment we lose cash, you know, as much as I'm opposed to money, unfortunately, we have to use money. Or we have to use the tools of enslavement as tools of liberation. This is a well-known statement that I'm making the Ubuntu movement. And especially with our one small town can change the world strategy. We use the tools of enslavement as tools of liberation. And money is the number one tool of enslavement. So we cannot lose cash. The moment we lose cash, 
We lose the individual power or the power of an individual person to make money and use that cash. Because once you have no cash and you have your money in some some uh, in a computer in some bank, some institution called a bank, where it's just you know some dots and zeros, ones and zeros on a computer, I mean, they can shut you down and that's it. You have no money. While you have cash, you know, cash is king, as they've said for a long time, and and it's going to become become far more relevant in the months and 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 hopefully not years but in the next months to come as we try and uh, you know g- get out of this onslaught totalitarian onslaught on our liberties and and the whole world um, so we're definitely in the darkest times uh, in pretty much all of human history because I do not believe that there's ever been a time in in the history of this planet um, that there have been eight and a half billion people on Earth. So um, this is definitely, unquestionably, in my opinion, the darkest time in all of human history. Have you been following what's happening here in the United States with COVID? I'm, I, don't, I don't know exactly what's happening in South Africa when it comes to this pandemic. But here, you probably have heard, and I don't, get, I don't like to get political, but when you see the amount of state governors and mayors and the party that they belong to and the things that they have been doing, for example, the retirement homes, where they send people with COVID-19. All of a sudden, yep. m- most of the people who died be- you know, died in retirement homes, which, for example, in New York, it's about $11,700 to support an elderly at a retirement home. Multiply that by 12, that's a hundred and some thousand dollars. When you have a bankrupt city or state, it is, quote unquote, the best in their best interest to have those people die. Are you seeing that in, all of, in South Africa too? Um, I can't say that we're seeing it in South Africa, but yes, uh, we are following the activities in the United States daily because, uh, as I said earlier, unquestionably, the future of our world, the future of our planet, planet Earth, rests on the outcome of the elections in the United States in November. There's no doubt in my mind. This is a battle. This is the, the end game. We are in the end game, the end chapter of, of what the global elite uh, are trying to do is take control of the people of the world through a complete and utter totalitarian attack uh, on the people through their governments, uh, through a, a so-called pandemic, which is just cr- manif- synthetically manufactured and created and 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 claimed to be a, a pandemic when it's not really. Um, and through their draconian rules and totalitarian control, they have literally in in three weeks or four weeks, they shut down the whole world. Every country. It's spectacular that they've managed to do this. And the United States, through Donald Trump, is the biggest and the obviously the biggest economy in the world and therefore is now the biggest threat against this totalitarian onslaught. If Trump wins, all this breaks down because he'll have four years to cl- drain that swamp and expose all these Rothschild-controlled and driven um, instigators, infiltrators, and also a lot of the governors, which you know, there's no doubt in my mind that several of the governors in the USA are on the payroll of the Rothschild empire. There's no doubt. I mean, the way they behave and what they're doing, it's very obvious what's going on there. So uh, it's a it's a very uh, tense and important uh, moment in, in human history. South Africa is, yeah, it's difficult because um, we, our media is, is not nearly as, as open and, 
and as diverse as in the USA. However, there are some things that are coming out in the media, you know, here in South Africa. So it's difficult to say, you know, we've got to just be positive um, and realize that there is a shining light at this, the end of this dark and gloomy tunnel. And through the Ubuntu movement and our one small town strategy, we are sharing that shining light and that absolute hope that there is a way out of this mess. And uh, and I firmly and absolutely 100% believe at the moment we get the first one small town and a conscious mayor who wants to do well for his or her town uh, and bring in these very simple steps to to create these these businesses and community-owned businesses, these co-ops that are part of the One Small Town strategy, bring in our new alternative electricity supply so the town is its own source of electricity. That is the game changer. It literally changes the direction of where we are going with the, all this dark and horrible stuff. It We change it in one blink of an eye. The moment the first mayor decides to do this and do it properly the full go the full hog uh that's the end game for the rothschild empire because once the once one mayor does this it'll create a domino effect and it'll become unstoppable and uh, this is what i believe is going to happen it in many ways it's happening already it's just happening behind the scenes thousands and thousands of people are becoming aware of the one small town strategy taking the power away from central governments and, and the corrupt politicians in places like you know, Washington and South African Parliament and the government center, bringing the power and the money and the investment opportunities into the small towns. And that's the exciting thing because all the conscious billionaires out there, and there are many, many conscious billionaires out there, they are, they are freaking out. Can you imagine? Imagine if you're a, a guy that's got, you know, 100 billion uh, or 10 billion or whatever, uh, or 1 billion or several hundred million in the bank, and you're seeing the world around you fall apart, businesses being destroyed, economic opportunities being destroyed. You are seeing the future of, your, of everything that you've worked for your whole life, that you've developed for your family, for your children, so they can live off the, the wealth that you've created for your children. You are now looking at this and going, what the hell is going on? How am I going to protect all this wealth that I've created for the future of my family, my children, and potentially my community? So what is happening quietly behind the scenes is many of these conscious millionaires and billionaires are finding the one small town strategy and the, the plan of action and realizing that it is a, an incredibly lucrative financial investment opportunity where their investments will be safe and sound for not just a short period, but for generations to come if they successfully implement the One Small Town strategy. So I believe that as we're dealing with this really dark, depressing um, stuff that's going on in the world, uh, we need to focus on, on a outcome that is positive, that we know the steps, we know what to do. And I believe that we are going that direction quite quickly. And literally, like I said, the moment we have one conscious millionaire, billionaire, pick up, pick up this baton and go, I want to go this route and do that. And the others see what he or she is doing. 
Oh, my God. It's going to create a stampede of investment for the small towns around the world. I predict that the small towns around the world are going to become the new hot thing for investors to go and, and invest in. And there are only so many small towns in the world. So you can imagine. Once you've gone and invested into a small town and turned it into a, a place of abundance and prosperity, an incredibly wealthy, successful town, think of it like a company, a corporation that you've come and, and invested in, a corporation of 10,000 or 20,000 people that are now turning over through the businesses and co-ops that you've set up there, um, and you're turning over a billion or two or five billion dollars a year because that's that's the level of income that you'll be creating through this one small town strategy. Can you imagine how the billionaires are going to be running trying to find small towns to invest in? It's going to be un, un, unbelievable. I think that sounds great, Michael, but I just I want to play devil's advocate here for a moment. I don't mean to sound pessimistic or negative, but when you look at what's happening, and, and as you well said, the United States is the last bastion of freedom for the world. When we fall, and a Cuban-American said it the other day, Bast, he had a meeting with Trump, you know, some people from Venezuela and Cuba, and he said, my father always told me I was lucky to be able to escape because I had a place to escape to, the United States. But if the United States falls, there's no other place to escape to. And we have to think about that. All the people that keep saying that orange man bad, he needs to be, you know, impeached, blah, blah, blah. They don't know. Are they just? Is this naivety that they don't know what's no, happening? It, I, I don't think it's naivety. It's the it's the incredible power of propaganda through the mainstream media. This is it. It's the main tool of attack by the Rothschild Empire is the mainstream media. They control the narrative. They repeat the lies over and over and over and over again. It's blatant lies. It's criminal what they're doing. It is absolutely criminal. And I hope, I really hope and pray to God that when this whole thing lands and when these, um, you know, when the treason um, uh, arrests are, be, are start to come out, when they start to realize that Obama and Biden and all that corrupt bunch were actually guilty of treason, um, when this comes out, that many of these TV channels and radio and media networks, that their, their chiefs and many of their anchor people are also going to be implicated and charged with the treason because they knowingly were, do, were promoting false narratives to promote treasonous acts. So this is, I'll tell you, there's some interesting times ahead. And just to come back to, to your, you know, being the, the plain devil's advocate, even though what's going on in the United States right now is just horrific. And, you know, we're observing it from the outside, and it's just shocking to us. It's, it reminds me of watching the old days of watching the Gaza Strip and Lebanon and the, the violence in South Africa and, and, and watching that, you know, around the world. Now suddenly it's happening in the United States. Yeah. It's, un, it's unimaginable. So all I want to say is that no matter what's – irrespective of all this that's happening – in the USA, I still believe that the USA is the number one prime target or prime uh, candidate for the one small town to take root and just explode. There are thousands and thousands of small towns in the USA, and and many of the people in those small towns just want to lead beautiful lives, and it's a lot easier 
to grow food and turn yourself into a very profitable uh, place of abundance and prosperity if you are in a small town as opposed to a big city. And if you have a conscious millionaire or billionaire comes in there and, and spends you know $100 million on your town to create all these incredible new businesses, co-op businesses, um, and turns that town into a, a high profit center, it's uh, plus keep in mind that we have this technology, the generators that we're going to bring. We bring this Call it free electricity, whatever you want to call it. We bring the generators to the small town so that once you've got your own generator that, that runs your town's electricity and you're not dependent on an external supply, it's your own generator that belongs to the people. Once that situation is achieved, there's no turning back. You can't go back from there. And the moment one town does that or achieves that or even shows that they're moving in that direction – and the people of other small towns see what's going on, they will want to do the same. It will become unstoppable. People can't imagine it until it starts to happen. When it goes, it's going to be like a what we call a felt fire or field fire. It's going to be very difficult to stop. How do you pursue this without the push that the globalists are trying to, to enforce the Agenda 21, the smart cities, Agenda 2030, a Sesame score, or now immunization passport, all these things that are being brought to the forefront that are going to prevent what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So my answer to that is always the sooner we can get one small town off the ground and the sooner that becomes a reality – and more and more people in thousands of towns around the USA and, and tens of thousands of towns around the world implement this, it literally takes the central governments out of, out of the equation. Uh, we can't even begin to imagine and predict what's going to happen to our central governments and how the people are going to vote and change their voting patterns uh, when this starts to happen. Can you imagine how you will view a central government that is trying to undermine the success of your town's cooperative structure? Uh, you're not going to allow anybody. The towns will start to defend themselves and protect what they've created very vigorously and very actively. And uh, and these small towns will start to unite and start supporting each other because they all have the same, um, very exactly the same philosophy to create abundance and prosperity for themselves and create opportunities for anyone that wants to join them. So this will actually create an exodus from the big cities. So uh, anyone like New York, I mean, who who in their right mind would want to be in New York today? It, it's just it, it's just terrific. You know, that's the one thing I'm grateful for. You know, we might be looking at some really hard times. Uh, well, we are looking at some hard times ahead in South Africa, unless something really strange happens, which I trust it can and will uh, very soon with the one small town strategy here as well. Um, but at least, uh, you know, we wake up in the morning and we, we are, we're in the mountains in the small town. We're not running out of food. As long as we can put food on the table every day and, you know, pay for electricity, uh, we're okay. Uh, and very soon we'll have our own electricity supply and we, more and more people are growing their own food and you live out in the country and it's, it's fantastic. As long as you got shelter, food, fresh water, and, and you can take care of yourself health wise, well, you, you can lead a beautiful life. And I believe that more and more people will start leaving the cities. In fact, I believe a rapid exodus, especially now, this 
totalitarian onslaught and the lawlessness in the major cities of the USA is going to force an exodus of people into the small towns. And the sooner the small towns in the USA start to do this, start to set up the one small town strategy according to the very simple plan that we've laid out now over the last 15 years, well, the one small town really started five years ago. Um, so, um, so once people start to implement that and the people in the cities see this, do you think they're going to want to stay in the city? Oh, my God. They're going to haul their ass out of there so quickly. <laughs> You're going to find ghost cities in the USA overnight. Let's stay with that for a second. Let's take Manhattan. I mean, honestly, people who live there, gosh, if you haven't, anybody that I know who has lived there and leaves outside, unless you're a multimillionaire, anybody who lives there, it's almost like living in a concrete jungle or, or a prison. Uh, but take New York. Everybody thinks of New York as Manhattan, but New York is a big state, very rural. The regular or average town is about, what, six by six miles or 23,000 acres. If one of these conscious capitalists that you, you mention decides, you know what, I'm going to buy 23,000 acres. I'm going to bring people here. I'm going to invest. We're going to be self-sufficient. It only takes one to start the fire, doesn't it? It's exactly, it's exactly. But uh, I just want to make one subtle correction there. We don't want to start new communities. We want to go to existing towns because, you know, what's the point of starting new infrastructure, new buildings, sewage, you know, electricity? It's, It's a Go to a small town. Everything is there. The buildings are there. The roads are there. All the infrastructure is there. Everything works. All you got to do is change the way the people do business. And you implement the one small town strategy through the investor or in a number of investors into the cornerstone industries. We're growing food, uh, technology, engineering, um, healthcare, uh, tech, uh, etc. And and you have those cornerstone uh, industries that you have investors investing in, and you start to turn those businesses into highly profitable in uh, returns. Uh, because of the cooperative labor force that you have in those towns, it literally within one year, because a crop, you know, especially in the growing of food, within one year, you've got your first return on investment. This is an incredibly fast turnaround for a small town scenario, and and even faster than a year. If you set up a pharmaceutics lab and you start to manufacture pharmaceuticals, whether it's hand creams or you know cosmetics or aspirin or whatever or antibiotics, which is desperately needed in the USA, uh, you're going to create a, a very quickly an industry that exports millions and millions of dollars of produce from that small town. So. The turnaround for a small town scenario doesn't take years and years. It is literally a 12, 12 month turnaround scenario. But don't you have it to remove? Spe- don't you have to remove Sorry. the corrupt politicians and the lobbyists for this to actually take hold? No, you just need the mayor. You just need the mayor who is sick and tired, and they must still be good, conscious mayors, good people that are that are in a position right. of a mayor. So that's all you need. You just need one of those. And um, and 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 also keep in mind that when the mayor uh, decides to do this, the mayor doesn't need any money. The mayor, it's just a decision. The mayor says, "Okay, I want to turn our town into a, an incredibly successful, profitable community," and then implement the one small town steps. It's that simple. It's all laid out on our website. All the steps are there. Everything is there. So all the people have to do is just take the plan and implement it. <laughs> By the way, coming back to pl- the pandemic for for a second, I don't know if you read this, but here in the United States, 
We have found, for example, yesterday or a few days ago in Florida, 33 Florida COVID testing labs reported 100% positive test. This is statistically impossible. And what I've heard now is that uh, the president is now going to be taken over with via the National Guard, the hospitals will no longer be sending the data to the CDC. They're going to be sending it to somewhere in Washington, D.C. for it to be carefully curated, if you will, so that there's no more inflate, you know, inflated statistics. Yeah, that's uh, I haven't heard that yet. That must be quite new. So I'm very excited to hear that. Uh, keep in mind, the Rothschild empire controls everything. Right. And again, people need to get this into their heads. All the largest corporations in the world, all the largest pharmaceuticals, the mining industries, the, the, the technology companies, they control everything. And if you as an owner of a large multinational billion trillion dollar business, if you don't play their game, they destroy you and replace you with someone else. So you have to sell out to these, to the Rothschilds. Otherwise you cannot reach this multinational um, you know, global billion trillion dollar company status, and the the, labor- the testing laboratories, the pharmaceutical testing laboratories, Lancet uh, laboratories, they're all over the world. They are all corrupt under the Rothschild control. So it, it, it is not surprising that the tests are coming back positive. Uh, you know, you've heard. The, I'm sure you've heard the stories where people are standing in line to have a, a COVID test. They didn't even take the test, <laughs> yeah. but when they got home, they get notified, "Oh, you tested positive." Right. So there's absolute corruption on the highest levels. So the governments that are that keep promoting this and keep promoting these statistics must be complicit with the Rothschild and the World Health Organization, their, their, their evil instrument uh, that they use, uh, as, you know, come with World Health Organization, we'll take care of your health. Yeah, we'll take care of killing your babies and everybody in your country right. until we decide at which, which population uh, we'll stop, you know, figures we'll stop. So uh, th- this is spectacular. What this is doing is showing the people that this is a pandemic, as you said. It's been carefully planned, probably for 30 years already now, maybe longer, 40 years. They've been planning this and just planning as to when they're going to unleash this on the world. So now that it's been unleashed on the world, they have in place all the different chess pieces to make the next move in the game that they've predetermined. They've planned this for a long, long time. And then came along... Donald Trump, and he just screwed everything up for them. So this is why every every possible tool and and um, and uh, agent that the Rothschild Empire has control of, starting with the mainstream media and everybody else, they've turned on poor Donald Trump. And I must tell you. I take my hat off to him. Can you imagine waking up every morning knowing that you have to face and 100% hostile, uh, or not 100%, but a 95% hostile media and uh, and attacks from everywhere uh, to try and undermine everything you do. Uh, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't trade places with him for anything. If everything has, he has been able to accomplish and all the promises he has kept, he has done with this black cloud on a daily basis. I mean, when you see, when you see the, the media, 
the way they ask questions, it's not asking questions. It's just gotcha moments. They're just trying to yeah. get get him every step of the way. And if yeah, he's able yeah. to accomplish all of this with this black cloud, imagine if he wins again without this this pushback that he gets on a daily basis, all the things he'll be able to accomplish. But, you know, looking at the end game, and I hate to sound negative here, but as you said, waking up in the morning knowing that President Trump is in power as opposed to Hillary Clinton. Imagine if that were the case right now. Disney World, Disneyland, Las Vegas, after 9-11, they closed for a day, I believe, and they just reopened immediately after. These are multi-billion dollar companies, which until recently they were closed. These people behind the scenes, they are some of the owners of these institutions. What do they want? Do they want a communist tech tyranny for the world? Is that what they're looking for? It's a, it's, you, know, you can call it communist. You can call it um, uh, whatever name. It's just total control. They just want yeah, c- c- total totalitarian uh, draconian control over the people. Uh, start to restrict the, the, the movement, ability of people to move around, to travel, to um, take care of themselves, become completely dependent on a central government and start uh, controlling how much food you can grow and uh, and you know who you can talk to. It's just, uh, I suppose that's the way they want to push it. That's what it seems like. Uh, and and um, and we just need to manifest that that's not, w- not what's going to happen. I believe that with the one small town strategy, uh, some of the things that are happening behind the scenes are really exciting and you know millions of people have seen the one small town strategy and millions of people will in the next month and hopefully it's just going to be a matter of time now before the dam bursts before somebody somewhere says well i love this this is so simple we can do this we have the technology we have the electric generators it's brand new technology like i said we're only going to give this to towns that want to implement this. It's not going to be made available to people that want to you know, use it for their own purpose. The The idea of our new technology electric generators, and they go from you know 100 kilowatts up to any amount of megawatts that you want, thousands of megawatts, it's all stackable stuff. So uh, any small town that wants to do the One Small Town Initiative will be given, well, we'll sell it to them, obviously, but they have to pay for it. But once they've paid it off and they've paid for the manufacturing price, it belongs to them. So it's their own generator. And that means they have free electricity. That changes everything. It's the end game for the global controllers. It's the end game for the Rothschilds, their global control. Um, it changes everything. Um, the sooner we can do this, the sooner the domino effect can happen. I believe we are very, very close now, closer than ever before, obviously. Uh, here we are today. I've been talking about this for five years now, the one small town thing, and um, and it's it's going to happen. Um, have you heard uh, about looking glass technology? I have, and that's a good segue for part two, which we have to break uh, this segment. But I want to discuss looking glass technology. I also want to say this before we take the break. Two things that I want to discuss, and many others when we come back. But what we're discussing here with this new so-called vaccine that's coming. What they want to do is privatize our immune system by changing our genetic code. And you mentioned free energy. And lately I've been looking into a lot of uh, what the our ancestor, not a thousand years ago, but maybe a hundred or a bit more than that years ago, they were using free atmospheric energy all over the world. And what a great thing would be to rediscover this and implement it in your 
small town strategy. I want to discuss when we come back and also Project Looking Glass. How can people learn more about uh, your initiatives, Michael, your work and so on? Oh, just uh, very simple. Go to onesmalltown.org, watch the videos, read the documents on the website, uh, but watch all the videos. Don't just watch five minutes of one and think you've got it. Please watch them diligently. Watch as many of them as you can so you can really internalize, you can really absorb it because there's a lot of information, a lot of new way of thinking about how we work together as a society. So watch as much as you can and then spread the message. Become a seed of consciousness in your community and share the good news with everyone because there is a way, very simple way out of this insane world we find ourselves in right now. Well, folks, don't go anywhere. I'm here with Michael Tillinger directly from South Africa. When we come back, we're going to discuss many other topics. Project Looking Glass, I also want to mention, and I wonder if you're mentioning this because of Trump's uncle, who may have a relationship or may have had a relationship with Tesla and all that knowledge. But all of this when we come back. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the members section or subscribe, to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. Because you don't want to believe. You want to know.